From the Lean Enterprise Institute in Boston, this is the WLEI Podcast, where we share stories of people making the world better through lean thinking and practice. For more information about LEI, including how we can help you apply lean thinking, please visit lean.org. Welcome to the WLEI Podcast. I'm Josh Howell. Traditional accounting practices have been found to be misaligned with the needs of lean management. A handful of pioneers have led this discovery and its dissemination throughout the lean community. A few months ago, I assembled a panel with several of these pioneers to talk about lean accounting. They helped me understand what it is, why it's important, and how to put it into practice. We'll be sharing that discussion on this week's episode of WLEI. The panel included Art Byrne, an experienced CEO and regular contributor to LEI's Lean Post. Art has a passion for and a track record of eliminating standard cost accounting as a barrier to lean transformation and dramatically improved business results. Nick Katko, former CFO and principal of BMA Associates. In his practice, Nick works directly with operations to provide meaningful information for decision-making and PDCA. He's the author of The Lean CFO. Mike DeLuca, the program manager of LEI's Lean Accounting Initiative. He has experience as a lean accounting and analyst, primarily in healthcare but he's also coached many organizations across various industries. Jim Hunsinger, founder and CEO of the Lean Frontiers. Jim was the catalyst for the first Lean Accounting Summit. It's now an annual event that takes place every September. And Gene Cunningham, LEI's chairman and the former CFO of Lantech, one of the companies featured in the book Lean Thinking. Gene's the author of three books, including Real Numbers and The Value-Add Accountant. All right, let's begin the panel discussion. Uh, so welcome everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us today to tackle the uh, the, the, the topic of lean accounting. Um, my name is Josh Howell. I'm the president and executive team leader at the Lean Enterprise Institute, uh, and I'm joined by a very distinguished panel. Uh, happy to be here. Honored uh, to be a part of this. Um, why don't we begin our conversation with uh, sort of a, providing a simple definition for the uninformed, of which I will count myself. Uh, among that group. Uh, there is a question before us, which is what is lean accounting? Uh, maybe I could uh, ask LEI's executive chair, Gene Cunningham, to provide us with a simple definition for lean accounting to get this conversation started off. Sure. Hi, so lean accounting um, is a term that actually I think we could probably credit to Jim Hunsinger, who's on the panel, but I'm not exactly sure who decided to call it lean accounting. But what it was is it was it is a way of thinking about how accounting and accounting and financial information uh, fits in an organization that has adopted lean thinking. And in particular, it has, in my view, two main points. One is what does accounting do to help support the lean transformation of an organization? the changes in the information, the way they engage with the organization. And the other part is how can an accounting function and a finance function benefit from lean thinking? So there's sort of two parts. In all those parts, it's about focus on the customer, It's about whether it be an internal or external customer, it's about simplification, and really about using language that our customers understand, not complicated accounting use. That would be my simple definition. I typically describe lean accounting primarily about 
a, a management accounting system in a lean organization that provides the relevant, reliable information at all levels to drive the lean strategy forward. And the other piece is practicing lean inside the accounting department. Yep. Excellent. So, okay, so that's a little bit about what lean accounting is. I guess the natural follow-on question is, why is lean accounting needed? And I think it's still true today for many organizations going through their lean transformation is, and in the past, is a lot of organizations going through the operational changes, the physical changes. One of the impediments they'd run into would be the accounting that went on um, either, you know, could be the, could be the accountants, but I don't want to necessarily pick on them always directly. It could just be the systems they had in accounting, which would direct or direct uh, what they were do, doing or trying to do in the wrong direction or not give adequate information. You know, I think we need lean accounting because the traditional accounting, in my opinion, uh, incentivizes all the things we're trying to get rid of with lean. Uh, and it, it, uh, makes management make some really terrible decisions. We've seen a lot of companies over time, we've tried to buy, buy them when I was in the private equity world and whatever. And they talk about how they're doing lean and everything's great. And then you say, yeah, but you're only turning inventory three times. And when you dig into that a little bit, what you find out is that the finance guy, he's looking for absorption. He's looking for absorption hours and making the, the operations make inventory and run equipment that they don't need to run. So, you know, when we were at Wiremole, we helped a lot of companies get started with lean. And about a year or so later, they would call us up and say, hey, can we send our finance team to see you for about a week? We'd say, well, why? Well, why do you need to do that? And they'd say, well, because they're driving us nuts. We're doing a good job on lean and we can't get them to go along with it. And, you know, so if you have a situation where, where management is strategically trying to implement lean and its finance team, is fighting it tooth and nail all the time because the numbers, you know, look terrible as you drop inventory, then, then you're, it, it becomes very difficult to implement lean using the old approach. Yeah. And if I, I could add on to what Art's saying is, and this is actually the way I got into it, again, not me not being an accountant, but an engineer, is many, many years ago, we were to do an ROI analysis on the lean changes we were making, which got me involved as Nick had referenced into the managerial accounting system we use, the standard costing system we use. And as I crunched through those numbers to calculate our internal product costs, um, I found out that information it was uh, giving us as far as our product costs was, was utterly wrong, which was very disturbing to me because at that time as a Fortune 500 company, we made every corporate, like, like uh, Art's talking about, every corporate decision was based off this information. Um, and it was wrong. It was just outright wrong. So that bothered me because I knew we were not making the right business decisions, you know, make or buy capital equipment purchase or capital allocation. All those things were not going to be appropriate because we just simply had the wrong information. It was the foundation to our decision making. When I first, um, when I first got exposed to lean, I was a finance person for our company. Uh, responsible for all the financial and accounting things and it became clear to me so quickly it came to it became clear to me so quickly that the information that we were using in accounting was not only not helpful because people didn't understand it but worse it was 
driving the wrong answers. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that basic standard cost accounting, which most manufacturers use, uh, and generally accepted accounting principles reward you for building up inventory and they punish you for reducing inventory. Literally the very things that we're trying to do with reduction of lead time and reduction of batch size, which results in reduced inventory, the accounting system was punishing us for. And it was so invisible in a standard cost system that you couldn't even tell what was going on. The other thing that it does that drives these wrong behaviors, a standard cost accounting system, is that it treats all manufacturing costs as costs that vary with volume. Well, we know that's untrue. We know that most of the costs in manufacturing do not vary with volume. And, it, and in particular, so incredibly disrespectful that it treats people costs as varying with volume and just completely dehumanizes uh, the environment. And of course, with lean thinking, we're becoming a very human environment, engaging people, respecting people, and we had an accounting system that did none of that. It actually made it significantly simpler, along with being significantly more accurate. And then also just from the, uh, looking through the aggregate into the different line items that build up those costs, we just had a deeper, more intimate knowledge of what those actual costs were. So even the stratification of it allowed us to make even, you know, in between decisions much better. So we finally really had a clear vision or vision, clear picture of how things were instead of some aggregate glob that we really didn't have a grasp on. Thought They thought they did originally, but really didn't have any grasp on. I've always, I've always thought that, uh, standard cost accounting is, you know, something that can't really be explained to humans. And, and in general, most of the finance people don't really understand it either. If you're working and you're looking at a, a P&L and it's a variance to this and a variance to that and a variance, this kind of variance, that kind of variance, seven or eight kind of variances. And if you ask, well, what are these variances to? And you find out, well, they're actually variances to a budget that we created last fall. They're not real. They're just something, a variance to a budget. And the way you got that budget has so many assumptions built on top of it that the whole thing makes no sense to begin with. And yet we're making, as Gene says, we're trying to make business decisions based on something that we made up last fall and that doesn't relate to anything. And so I, I just never could understand it. I think the other thing that I think that Nick and... Um, his, his organization is really brought to life as well in lean accounting is that not all the information about your business needs to be in your accounting system. And I think, you know, we've, a lot of organizations, if it's not in the accounting system, it's not real information. And yet, you know, Nick, you've done such amazing work in helping people see that the key measures that are right there at the shop floor, right there in, in the, you know, sales department, wherever it may be, that there's key indicators and that we can bring these key indicators to life, that it helps people know what's going on. And then they take more responsibility or more empowered for how they can actually influence future business results. I, I think your work, Nick, has been really amazing. Yeah, thank you. It's really about the, what I try to tell the finance people is that it's your responsibility to learn about 
how Lean works operationally. And you collaborating with operations, learn, learn the relationships between the operational performance measures and financial outcomes. Because the financial, I mean, the operational performance measures will pr pretty much drive root cause analysis to why you're not achieving the financial results you want. It's, you're not going to, if you're a, an accountant or a CFO, you are not going to get to root cause analysis by sitting in front of your computer and creating a spreadsheet. The only way you get to root cause analysis is understand what's going on operations. All of these, all of, all of what you're saying holds true in, in a service industry like healthcare in, in its own way. And, and I think one of the reasons, and I'll at least say that I, I'm passionate about not just why lean accounting is a uh, nice to have in a lean organization, but a must-have in a lean organization is, is because we as accounting and financial professionals can do so much to not just enable the lean transformation of the organization, enable the really effective adoption of lean thinking, but, but, but enhance and accelerate that. And, and if, we, if we come back to the, the lean organization is about the, the continuous improvement of the value to the customer in whatever industry we're in. And if we think about a lot of what we do in finance is what, what you all have talked about. We inform the un clear understanding of current performance and we inform decision making. So if operations is after improving customer value and operations is our customer in finance and accounting, what are we doing? And what can we do and what ought we or must we do to really clarify the information they're using to make these decisions? Art, I think, you, I think it was you that was talking about making decisions based on fully burdened costs and not really understanding what informs an incremental business decision. And in particular, in a lean organization, we have to do exactly what you said, Nick, is get out there and understand what in the world is operations doing from a lean perspective and how does that get reflected? So what do we do in finance and accounting to drive the improvement or support how the organization's driving improvement of customer value. And it's that constant PDA cycle. How will you check if you don't understand what the financial and operation, operational measures mean? I was working at a company this week, very traditional manufacturing company with uh, standard costing deeply embedded in the organization. And, and as one thing I mentioned yesterday is they were talking about how they, uh, they, senior leadership was not pleased with the results in 2018 at about this time of year. So they told operations, you got to make things better. So guess what operations did, by the way? What did you think they did? They built inventory. They built inventory. And then in December, guess what senior leadership was worried about? Cash flow. Why are, yeah, cash flow and inventories. But what I told, what I said to them, I said, you know, it, it's this financial engineering view where, where you know, the, the finance people can look at numbers and dictate what has to happen. With, with no interaction. And, and that's, that's what gets organizations in trouble. I think, you know, it, these, the, this is one of the challenges of, of lean accounting is that it's very deeply embedded in our educational system. It's deeply embedded in um, the, um, the reward systems. It's deeply embedded into uh, 
you know, how we think about generally accepted accounting principles. But the good news is this, everything that we talk about with lean accounting can comply with generally accepted accounting principles. We are not talking about going off and doing some crazy reporting that will, won't last. We are talking about reformatting and reconfiguring and refocusing the work that we do as a finance and accounting departments uh, within the constructs of what's required for GAAP, but, but much more focused on the customer and your internal customer needs. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have been really afraid I can't do lean accounting because my auditors won't let me. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, our auditors were never a problem. They completely support everything we did supported GAP. It was supportive of GAP. And in fact, what most people don't know in manufacturing is that standard cost accounting does not comply with generally accepted accounting principles. It's just something that is not well understood and it actually does not comply with general accepted accounting principles. And so there's these artificial barriers to people's thinking about how we could look at the business differently and the role that finance and accounting can play as partners, as contributors, as value creators in our organizations. So I'm curious to hear from the group uh, when getting uh, the folks in the accounting group or the finance group uh, to go and see, to go learn what operations is doing. Uh, what are some of the tips that you give them or some of the advice or exercises that help them do that effectively? We started, uh, we started lean at, uh, at Wiremold, one of the first, the first three or four Kaizen teams that we had. I wanted to make sure that all my management team were, were on these Kaizens. And so I kind of assigned them, et cetera. And when it came to uh, my finance guy, Ori Fumi, uh, who was one of the smarter guys that I know anyway, I said, or you got to be on the setup reduction team. He said, but Art, you know, I'm the finance guy. I, I don't know anything about setup reduction and we're closing the books this week and blah, blah, blah. He had about 10 excuses. You know, he didn't want to be on the Kaizen team. I said, Ori, just, I, I'm, I'm not listening to any of this stuff. Just get out there and get on the Kaizen team. So, okay. All right. All right. So he goes out and he's on this team and during the week, they reduced the setup from 90 minutes to five minutes. And of course, Ori, ever the finance guy, he's gonna keep track of how much it costs to do this because the mentality in traditional accounting is that if you wanna get productivity, you have to spend a lot, of, a lot of capital money. And so he kept track, very detailed track of how much it costs us during the week to go from a 90 minute setup to five minutes. The total cost was $150. And from that, at the end of that week, I had my best advocate for lean in the whole company. <laughs> I had about 30 folks in my, on my team, uh, managers, directors, frontline, uh, individual contributor, finance and accounting analysts. And, and, and the way we, we approached it was there are three main things. One, and for Kaizen events, the finance, there was a finance person who was basically uh, shoulder to shoulder with, uh, with the operations folks and the preparation before the Kaizen and then, and then attended the entire event and then was an integral part of the developing the measurement plan coming out of the, out of the Kaizen event. And then actually because those of us in finance tend to understand and uh, work Excel a lot better than other folks, we were really 
uh, integral in helping the operations folks come up with really easy ways to uh, find the data, do the reporting, and like, like you all have said, it was largely operational data and not finance data. Uh, everyone on my team was assigned a primary, a primary operational area, and they would attend the regular, on a, on a regularly scheduled basis, they would attend the huddles for that operations team. Um, and so they would see what is the team dealing with in terms of their day-to-day -day issues, whether it's planning the work that day or responding to issues that are coming up or problem solving at different levels. And we talk a lot about learning to see when we talk about in developing our lean thinking as, as professionals and this idea that when we learn to see, operations learns to see their processes from a lens that's very uh, thoughtful and 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 critical, not in a negative way, but just in a critical thinking way. And then when finance learns to see those same processes and you bring those two perspectives together, you will far more deeply understand not just what's going on in the process, but how it contributes to the results and the outcomes. I think there's two parts. I really feel there's two parts of this um, deep understanding and engagement with the work. One is the head and the other is the heart. The head is, as leaders, that we have to see going and learning about what's going on as our companies as real work. If we think it's just extra or something you do when you have time, it will never happen. You have to truly think that it is real work to go and learn, as Art said, to go to a Kaizen event, to go, as, as, as uh, Mike said, to go participate in a huddle. If you don't see that as real work, there will always be an excuse and you will never learn. That's where the head comes in. The heart though, on the other hand, is that you have to have the heart that says every single person in the organization can contribute and that they too can learn by having an opportunity and time to see what's really going on upstream, downstream, or in an area completely unrelated. So if your head isn't right and your heart isn't right, you'll always find a barrier to really deeply understanding what's going on in your company. That's fundamental, not just to lean accounting, it's fundamental to product development, it's fundamental to customer service, it's fundamental to making a product, it's fundamental to serving in a hospital. It is the head and the heart combined that really creates the kind of environment where transforming all of our work actually happens. Well, I think, I think one of the key things here is that, you know, when you talk about trying to remove waste, which is what we're really trying to do with lean, waste that exists every place and every function, it's the people that do the work that will always come up with the best ideas as to how to remove the waste. It doesn't matter whether they're an operator on the shop floor, or there's someone in accounting, or there's someone in marketing or sales or product development, the people that do the work know where the waste is but we've never really listened to them before. Certainly on the shop floor, people have given ideas and suggestions for a long, long time and no one listened to them. In accounting, while we know that the person who does the job best is the ones that can see the waste, I think we have an added barrier to that change when we look at accounting. A lot of people within accounting know that there are certain rules and regulations that you're supposed to adhere to and often they see a very small slice of the work. 
And so there's a sense of, well, I have to do it this way. I hear this over and over, and I'm sure, you know, Mike and Nick, you guys hear the same thing. I have to do it this way. This is the way the job is defined. And so there's a special burden to sort of, to break down that way of thinking that there might be things outside of the accountant's control. And so one of the things that I think it, it aligns so well with learning to see and asking questions is to really begin and, and have people really understand what is the purpose of your work? We maybe we call that value add, but what is the purpose of this job? And if you don't understand the purpose of someone's work, and this happens a lot in accounting, then it's very hard to know how to improve it and eliminate waste. So understanding that core purpose, what is value add, what is the purpose of this, can really unleash the um, employees and the people that work in the accounting function to look at their own work, how to make it better, as well as as we get them out in the organization to see how their work interacts with other people's work. So why is it, uh, why should owners and executives care about the accounting practices in their company care about lean accounting. Why should they care? How are they making decisions? How are they making decisions? Yeah, I, the way I describe it is very similar. Well, I put one word in front of decisions and it's making quality decisions. Yeah. Quality decisions aligned with lean strategy, whether it's looking at lean strategically or operationally, we want to make quality decisions. And so, what is the relevant and reliable information that all internal customers need to be able to do that on a consistent basis? Yeah, I think if you look at the traditional standard cost accounting with variance to this, variance to that, variance to everything, you, never, you don't have enough information to really make good decisions. And a lot of the things that you think is good information is not. I mean, every time I give a speech someplace, I always ask for a show of hands as to how many people believe that the standard cost of every product in their company is correct. No one ever, ever puts their hand up. So you're spending huge amounts of money trying to get product costing down to four decimal points when it's always wrong and no one in your company believes it. What's the point of doing that? You know, Lean, on the other hand, is going to give you very accurate, very up-to-date uh, information that you can make decisions on. And on top of that, it costs you a whole lot less to do lean accounting than it costs you to do traditional accounting. We got rid of move tickets and routings and labor tickets and all this kind of stuff that was very expensive to collect. We didn't have to ha have to do that anymore. So not only do you get better uh, information to make decisions on, but it costs you less to do it. There's a couple of reasons I think that that executives really need to care about lean accounting. I mean, first of all, it isn't driving good decision making. The information isn't accurate. It's very expensive, as we've all talked about. But also, it means we have people doing work that nobody uses. And every person in every function of every part of the company needs to be focusing on doing work that actually matters. So that if we can root out work that doesn't really matter, we are freeing up capacity in people that can do work that is a greater value. So I think this is a really, really important one. But I think a bigger one is respect for people. And to me, when accounting puts out information that the people who receive it, that they don't understand it, or it's, it's information they don't believe in, they don't think it's relevant, this is disrespectful. This is, this is 
this is, you know, speaking in a language no one understands and expecting people to learn is disrespectful. Providing information that, 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 that rewards the behavior we're trying to stop is disrespectful. Giving people work that has no meaning and expecting them to do it to the fourth decimal is disrespectful. And respect is a core component of the type of companies we are when we really become lean companies. And we had one particular problem that showed up on our claims side and claims was almost $2 billion a year of our $4 billion business. So it was a significant chunk that my team was doing financial planning and analysis on. And, 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 and claims lag is months and months before you even have a sense from a reporting perspective when your, your completion factors are all filled full and you've got enough information to say, this is what it actually cost us last July. Well, how helpful is that? So we were able to use out of respect both for the end user of the information and also the great skills and capabilities of the people of the finance team that was doing the work. They came up with a really great set working with claims operations of current and leading indicators and discovered a multi-hundred million dollar problem as it was emerging. And we had countermeasures in place before it turned into really a financial uh, serious situation. And, and so I think that that's really important too, is this ability to sense and respond in real time. I was, I, I was at a company, uh, helping a company once that had uh, 50 some plants and they started their lean efforts in a third of those plants and implemented a lot of pull, eliminated a huge amount of work in process inventory and finished goods inventory. Well, if you understand your cost system, you know that, you know, from an accounting, from a book's point of view, that you're going to have it take a really terrible hit to your income statement, even though your cash flow is great. Well, that company, they, were, they had too much capacity. And so they knew they were going to be closing a plant. And they closed one of the plants that had had this huge inventory reduction. And it had all been trained. They'd, they'd become much more efficient whereas they left open a plant that had not been involved with lean and had built inventory. So these are not, these are not just casual decisions that companies make. These aren't just like, oh, you know, we know that, so we'll ignore it. These are serious life-changing mistakes that companies can make just because the information is too hard to understand, it's not simple, and it's not real really creating a way for people to talk about what are the ways that their lean transformations have affected the financial performance of their company. Sometimes I think we're a little afraid to talk about finance uh, and accounting that will seem like we're anti-people in some way. Um, but in fact, uh, money is the language of business and it really is motivating and helpful for us to see the feedback of the how we're impacting the outcomes of the business. And so we're, we're gonna talk about this thing that we're calling the lean profit model and um, give people the ability to tell their lean stories uh, uh, related to the lean profit model. For those of us who are bringing lean thinking into our, our own professional practice and into our organizations, we're lifelong learners. That's what we wanna do. So I've, I've learned so many really valuable things and made such great connections in prior summits. And I go every year because 
I would say both the combination of the case studies across various industries and hearing from practitioners about what they're doing and what they're learning, as well as hearing from thought leaders. And it can honestly, sometimes it can be the same topic and I'll get more out of it. I mean, you might have a favorite book, you read it more than once. You know, I, I might go and hear a similar talk and get something completely different out of it because it's what I'm ready to hear at that point. So, so I always get an enormous amount out of going to the summit and enjoy it every year. And so I'm really pleased to see the Lean Accounting uh, Summit not only continue, but grow, because I think without it, we can't have any lean enterprises. You, you can't do lean if you're stuck with the old ways of measuring and evaluating performance of your company. And so this is why I wanted to come to LEI is because I saw it as a way to get our message elevated. And I, I just invite each of you, please, let's work together, let's help each other, and let's bring this to something much beyond what we've achieved so far, which is good, but it can be great. And, and I'm really committed to that. That's a wrap. Thanks again to our panelists. The WLEI podcast is produced by Emma Rippa and Lori Moniz, my colleagues at the Lean Enterprise Institute. A special thanks to both of them. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to be in touch, you can email us at pod at lean.org. All right, until next time. <laughs>